Welcome, everyone, to the 37 Years Podcast. This is our Thanksgiving edition. Mike Dubin here with Matt Dubin. How you doing, Matt? Happy to be here, doing good on this uh, Thanksgiving week. Yes, and I call this podcast Turkey Time because as Jet fans, we are at our lowest point of the year. Um, and let me give a little context and sort of see where we go from here. So started the season promising uh, and then Aaron Rodgers was injured, and then we still beat Buffalo. So things were looking good. The next two games against Dallas, New England, were not really prepared, but Dallas we weren't going to beat. New England we should have won, but we didn't. And then the next game we played great against Kansas City. So there was some hope. Zach Wilson played great. Hopefully it turned the corner. We beat – so now the record was one and three, though, when we were in a hole. Next three games, beat Denver pretty handily, defense-led. Zach was not the problem, and they won, which was great. The great upset of Philadelphia, which was also defense turnover-led, and Zach didn't really make any mistakes. And, uh, you know, the offensive line wasn't great. Sauce was out that game. We beat Philadelphia. By the way, we're still the only team to have beaten Philadelphia, even after Kansas City lost to them last night. We were, hit the bye week. We were um, we were three and three, which was you know with Aaron Rodgers out seemed like a good thing. Uh, played the Giants, who had a miracle win. Zach wasn't great, but we won and we won three in a row. So it's like we're four and three. Chargers Raiders coming up. What more could you ask for, Matt? You went to the Chargers game disaster. Raiders terrible. terrible and we'll get to that in a second. Raiders game. We should have won that game with any normal quarterback play. We would have won that game, even had a chance at the end, and Zach threw it away. Now, the line is is smashed at this point. The offensive line is smashed, but even with that, um, you know, not good. Buffalo game last week, first half, held Buffalo down. They got a bunch of field goals in the first half and got a sort of a – touchdown based off a turnover but then the Jets even scored a touchdown halftime there was still a game second half was the low point of the season the defense quit the defense looked terrible sauce got a terrible penalty they got beat on the long pass play no chance on offense they brought Boyle in towards the end and at least you know the only hope I saw from Boyle and we don't know what he's going to be he was getting the ball out fast so we're at this crossroads right now. And Matt, um, you know, I want to ask you, I'll let you start this. Where do you think we are and where do you think we go from here? Yeah, so I think right now, where do I think we are? It's kind of tough because Zach Wilson project is over. I think that era has come to a complete end. I mean, he's not even active this week. He's behind Trevor Simeon. The the objective failure by the organization to develop a, a quarterback in the last 20 or so years has been further elongated. Boyle is not an NFL level quarterback. If we're truly being honest, he's Aaron Rodgers' friend. He right. was not good. In, he was not good in college, nor has he been. I mean, he went from UConn where I think he had one touchdown to 13 and interceptions, then went to Eastern Kentucky where he had a negative touchdown interception ratio um, and hasn't been good as an NFL backup in limited minutes or limited snaps. So really the Jets, I mean, Boyle could maybe bring some different things to the table, but the Jets are kind of throwing their season away, if we're being honest, and kind of 
building off of for next year and hoping they get an early draft pick and maybe take a quarterback early and then build the lineup and then, you know, have Rodgers come back and figure it all out for next year. Yeah, let, let's talk about something you brought up. So Aaron Rodgers' friends haven't really done the Jets a service. Aaron Rodgers' no. friends would have been fine if Aaron Rodgers was playing. But let's be honest, Hackett has not shown to be a good play caller. Well, first, let's focus on that, Matt. Let's talk about the play calling. Yeah, the play calling's been pretty bad, but but I want to I want to make this a greater theme as well with I think the problem with the Aaron Rodgers stuff, it was great to go aggressively for Aaron Rodgers and bring a couple guys in he was comfortable with, but to make their whole offseason centered around Aaron Rodgers, I think has set the Jets back in more ways than not. I think Joe Douglas brought in grossly overpaid for Alan Lazard. He brought in Randall Cobb, who's basically unplayable at this point. The offensive line was not dealt with at all. And even even some other offensive skill positions just were completely neglected. It's just, I think they sort of thought Aaron Rodgers could correct a lot of these issues on his own. And to be honest, even if Aaron Rodgers was here, I think Joe Douglas was going to take heat for this. So I, I and, and bringing in Hackett, once again, even though he's Aaron Rodgers' friend, it's I think there was negligence on Joe Douglas's part by, yeah, you got a big piece of the puzzle, but you didn't actually solve the puzzle completely. Yeah. What they didn't do, Matt, was solve for the worst case scenario. Yeah. So the worst case scenario happened. Let, let, let's let's go back in time. They spent all all offseason trying to find an alternative to Zach Wilson. That was the entire offseason. What they probably should have done and we thought about this at the time, and we talked about this at the time, was not have Zach Wilson on the team, or at yeah. the worst, have him the third-string quarterback and had a legitimate second-string quarterback, like a, a Jacoby Brissett type, like a Gardner Minshew type. Like, you plan for the worst-case scenario. Even if Aaron Rodgers didn't get injured on the fourth play of the season, he could have gotten injured on the fourth game of the season. The guy is 40 years old, for God's sakes. Yeah, They should have planned for that. Secondly, you're right. They didn't do anything about the offensive line. And in the best case, they would have had an okay offensive line if, if ABT was there and if some of these other guys were there. But now we're with guys like walking in off the street. They started a guy named Chris Glazer this week. Yeah. I think that's someone I went to a grammar school with or something. I mean, I don't, I don't know where they got some of these guys. The other, the other things that they're doing, which I think is crazy, is they're they never got a, a real number two receiver. Lazard is like a three receiver. I know Corey Davis retired, and maybe he would have helped a little bit if he didn't retire. But and I know they've tried to get some guys, but they never did anything to get anyone. So they 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 now this all being said, the reason the Jets are four and six and not two and eight is because the defense is great. And yeah. other than the Buffalo game, the defense has been great. Even the game you went to, Matt, in the Charger game, all the touchdowns that the Chargers scored were based off turnovers. Yeah. So, and and but here's here's the problem. And I want to point out a couple of things you said too is I actually was thinking about Corey Davis before our discussion tonight because I was thinking like the receivers, the Jets lead the league and are one of the top in the league in drops, like 21 or something like that. Like it's like this, some of the receiver play has been actually absolutely terrible. And uh, I think Davis would at least just be a stopgap, a, a guy who would be consistent. He's not 
I'm not saying Corey Davis is a yeah, he's a possession guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's a good possession guy, and I think Zach actually built a nice rapport with him. So I don't know. I don't think Zach Wilson is going to be like a game breaker with him, but it might have helped a little bit. Might have helped a little. Yeah, might have helped on the margins. I think the problem for Zach was twofold. One, and and I just it just was so apparent he does not understand the game. Like he yeah. just does not understand the game. The line didn't help him. The coaching didn't help him. You know, all these other things didn't help him. And, and like, I'm thinking like if this guy Boyle at least comes in and like understands the game a little bit, he may be able to do some stuff on the margins. Look, I I, I think they didn't run the right kind of offense with having such a bad line. It wouldn't have been the worst thing. It seems like they would try once in a while. They'd roll them out. It looked good. And they did it once and they didn't do it again. Someone brought this up on TV. One, one play in this game the, the, this week against Buffalo, they ran the pony backs where they had two backs. It actually was a good play. And then they never did it again. Yeah. So I don't I know. My, Go ahead. My thing with, my thing with Zach Wilson was I always thought kind of in the, in the Jets early, like sort of disastrous eras of him was that, he he could out athlete some of these bad schemes and bad line play, but it never really happened because not only could he not kind of process the game, make those easy throws, do whatever, he just isn't that he's like in the decent athlete. He's not anything that special. And right. I think that's what the difference between him and let's him and let's say some of these other guys who've maybe gotten over that. Um couple of years of being just mediocre yeah, quarterback. he's not he is I, I will tell you something i have no worries that he's going to know go to another team and be great this isn't going to be like nolan ryan on the match yeah, okay totally this is i believe that what will happen with zach wilson unless there's like a slew of injuries he's never going to play for the jets again and only this season he will be cut in the off season and he will he will get like some tryout in someone's camp next year and maybe he ends up in someone's roster but eventually he will either play in Canada or arena football i think they still yeah. play in arena football right like yeah. he'll 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 be he will not be an nfl quarterback i'm not worried about that he's going to another team but you know so and look and 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 this whole stuff with aaron rodgers coming back and like let's not even talk about that because that's ridiculous and it's not going to happen. But now we still have a season and we still have seven games and, you know, I'm going to throw two scenarios out at the, at you and I want to hear your opinion. Cause I've been thinking about this a little bit. I think the jet season, they're four and six right now, which isn't, you know, the worst record in the league, but they've been, they've lost three in a row after winning three in a row. I'll give you two scenarios that could happen. I'm going to give you the positive scenario first. The positive scenario is even if they don't beat Miami this week, let's say they play a nice game, the defense plays good, Boyle serviceable, they lose by a touchdown. Miami, remember, only scored 21 against the Raiders, and the Raiders and the Jets are, you know, I mean, the Jets' defense is actually better than the Raiders. So, you know, and it's interesting. I'll be very interesting to see. The one thing with the Jets, even in the horrible Buffalo game, Stefan Diggs did nothing. They didn't even throw a pass to Gabe Davis. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. Let's say they play a good game against Miami and it's like a moral victory because at this point, if you get if you play a good game against Miami, it, it you know, you need to turn the ship around a little. Next two games are um next two games are Atlanta and Houston. And and I know Houston's been playing well, but who knows with Houston, if they're really going to maintain, they didn't play great this week. 
And then they play Miami again. And then they have Washington and they play Cleveland and then they play New England. So to me, between the Atlanta, Houston and Washington, which are all home games in New England, that could be four wins. And if they pick off one of the other ones, they'll get five wins. They'll finish five and two and they'll have a positive end of the season. They'll get to nine wins and, you know, it'll be a nice ending and it'll be a good momentum into next year. That's the yeah. most positive thing. And and honestly, this would be defensive driven. And the other guy, just the, the new guy just sort of is, a, is better than Zach Wilson. And yeah. that way I think Salah keeps his job. And I think, you know, Joe Douglas keeps his job and they move on and they have a positive end after a bad middle. The other scenario I could see happening is they get wiped out by Miami and they muddle through. They win two more games out of some of those easy games. They lose all the other games and it's, you know, a six or seven win season and everyone's cleaned house. And what are your thoughts, Matt, on those two kind of scenarios? Yeah, I I like to be more on the positive side. And and really, I think the latter more than the or the first the first scenario more than the second could have happened if they had brought in competent quarterback play at some point in this first half of the season. I I just don't know if Tim Boyle gets it done for you. I don't yeah. it, it's I don't know if he's an answer. I don't I like honestly I think Simeon might be better than Boyle if And I'm you might honest. see you might see Simeon at halftime of the Miami game. Yeah, okay? so the thing is though it's like I think the they Jets, have to use I think they have to use Boyle now because Boyle's been on the roster and yeah. they just sort of are playing that out i think and see yeah what they have my there. my prediction of what's going to happen is i think this season kind of fizzles out i think douglas is gone because it's just not even like the aaron Rodgers stuff was great but like you basically didn't build any of the team correctly and i think sal is gone and but i mean it's exciting though if you go into next year obviously it stinks to throw away a season but like you go into next year with a great defense you get an early draft pick. You could probably take a good quarterback or a lineman. You can build the team up the right way with new people, with new management and coaching, and you have Aaron Rodgers to lead your team. And, and you Garrett still have Wilson. the same deal. And you still have the same defense. And you have the same defense, and you have some good playmakers. So it's like, I think the Jets. Either way, it's like a good kind of like outcome, even though it doesn't seem like it right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right, and I think. I, 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 you know, I'm curious to see how it sort of plays out because I do think they have some winnable games that they could even win with the defense first formula. Um, and, and they're not going to have to score like 40 points to beat, you know, Washington or Atlanta. And, and, those and dad, food for thought, too. I saw a graphic yesterday. Last 16 years, the Jets have had 15 different quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be the worst thing? This offseason, if they get one of Michael Penix, Bo Nix, one of those top quarterbacks, let him sit behind Rodgers for two years, yeah. three years. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, and we can talk about this more at another time, they're going to have this weird draft where they have the first pick and then they have a third pick because they're not going to have a yeah, second they're pick. Not, but who and, knows? And, I mean, it depends where they're at. And honestly, you know, if they're middle of the pack versus top of the pack – but maybe you get a third or fourth round quarterback to sit behind Rodgers. And but what what you do is he's the third string quarterback and you get one of these like solid, you know, Gardner Minshew, Brissett types and don't even screw around because they, they screwed around. Zach wasn't supposed to play this year and it's not his fault he played, but he played 
and he will never play for the Jets again unless he somehow ends up back in this season because of, you know, some catastrophic thing. So, all right. Well, we have Black Friday game to look forward to and watch Miami. You're three o'clock, so we got to be home by then, Matt. Um, And then we got to, you know, look, and we got to – see what they do, you know, like maybe the defense comes through against Miami. I'll be very interested to see the defense isn't going to play the way they played against Buffalo. I think the defense was so fed up in the second half, and I think they're at least happy that Zach's gone. So let's stay with football. And the other big, the bigger game this week is the Ohio State-Michigan game, two and three in the country. But before we talk about the game, I am really sort of sick of hearing about how Michigan's a victim and on TV. Let's be honest. Michigan did something wrong. We don't know the magnitude of it yet. The fact that they didn't fight the suspension tells you everything you need to know and all these other guys getting fired and everything. And my gut tells me this is a big thing that will be fed it out in the offseason. But I don't need to hear Desmond Howard and Charles Woodson talking about what victims Michigan is. Yeah, I think the victim mentality here is very um, mis- misguided. Ohio State had basically had to vacate wins, had to give up scholarships, basically had to race seasons and all abstain from playoff play because players were getting tattoos for money. So it's T-shirts, whatever they were doing. So it's like, I don't want to hear how you're a victim because you were uh, setting up an elaborate cheating scandal through your, so whatever. I think it's going to extend beyond. Yeah, go ahead, Matt. I think it's going to extend beyond this year. There's going to be ramifications. It's going to play out with the NCAA, um, you know, and the Big Ten. So yeah, just food for food for thought, and just and then we'll get to the game. I was telling Matt this the other day. Last year's Michigan Ohio State game, if you go back and look, now Michigan won, which is fine, but you know they won basically on three or four one play drives. Um, And if you look at that closely, you know one play drives means that the coverage was set up wrong, or they knew what was <laughs> covered. Let, let, just go back and look at that. I'm not nobody's brought this up anywhere, but and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but we'll see how this all plays out. But let's talk about the game, Matt. What are your thoughts on the game? Hey, I I honestly think the last 2021 and 2022, I didn't feel great about coming into the game. And there's a and there's two and there's a couple reasons why. First, I felt the the defense was not up to par. I think defenses in both years, 2021 especially, but 2020, uh, yeah, 2021 especially, not great. No, 2022, I thought it was kind of a facade with beating up on some bad teams. The defense is a lot better this year. I think it's much much better, and I think in this rivalry game, the defense matters a lot more uh, than other games. I think secondarily, I think our running game is a lot stronger than it's been in the last couple of years. Travion Henderson has done really well. He's healthy. Um, I think Michigan is kind of hasn't really played anybody. And I think they're kind of bored. And I think when you don't come into this game, really having played real teams, they played Penn State, but that's it. Then you kind of haven't had that big game experience all year. Um, I think this is an even, it's a close game. I don't think it's going to be like a blowout either way, but I feel good for Ohio State. This I year, think Ohio like State is bat- Ohio State is battle tested. The defense is better. We went, we saw them against Rutgers and you know, what's happened since that game, Matt and I went to the Rutgers game in New Jersey. The, the offense is, is operating at a much higher level now. 
assuming Travion Henderson plays, and the only reason I bring that up is because he always seems to come out late with the with the injuries. I do think it'll be a relatively close game, but I think the Ohio State defense and the Ohio State running game, and while we don't have an elite quarterback this year, and that's the difference maybe the last five years with Ohio State, he seems like he's getting better with each week, McCord. And it, to me, I and, and Michigan, honestly, not battle-tested, very shaky against Maryland last week. I don't think it has anything to do with the coaching thing. I think it may have more macro stuff. Penn State, they won. It wasn't like the most impressive thing ever. And they, you know, and they've been blowing out like the, the bad part of the Big Ten. Even Ohio State played Wisconsin and some of the better Western teams. Not that any of them are that good. So I see Ohio State winning, assuming, you know, full health and, and and there's no reason not to assume that. What's your thoughts, Matt? Yeah, I think I think OSU is gonna win the game. I I really like how OSU does the boring things well. They're this not year. as flashy as the teams in other years, but I think they do a lot of things that are very unnoticed. That the defensive tackles just are very good this year. Tyleek Williams, Michael Hall, mm-hmm. the interior defensive line, even the edges are starting they're not, they don't get a ton of sacks, but they are very good in run support. They can wreak havoc on the outside. And the corners are very good in coverage. I mean, it's not, it's not the coolest team ever, but it it looks like the 2002 team where they were beating everybody 14-3. This yeah. isn't going to be like, you know, like Garrett Wilson catching the pass from Justin Fields, but it's like, it's a it's a very boring but but lovable team. Yeah, and I sort of equate this game to the Clemson um game, I think it was in 2020, where they everyone thought Clemson with Trevor Lawrence and and uh yeah, and ETN. ETN was gonna kill them and they just outplayed them. And I and I think Ohio State having played Notre Dame at Notre Dame having beaten Penn State, having played a little bit tougher road schedule than Michigan. Michigan played no one until Penn State. Then they played Maryland, and it was shaky on the road. So I see Ohio State winning by, like, a touchdown or, you know, a little bit more. So Yeah, and I think not having Harbaugh there is going to make a difference. Like, you could say, like, all you want about, oh, Sharon Moore is this, Sharon Moore is that. Sharon Moore has never coached the Ohio State-Michigan game. He doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, he's, and Ryan Day is going to go for his throat. That's I know that's Ryan Day. Go. Ryan Day has improved as a coach too. I think he's been much better this year. Um, all right, so we have that on Saturday. So we have Jets on Friday. I'm giving everyone their viewing for the weekend. Jets on Friday, Ohio State, Michigan on Saturday. Now let's just touch quickly on Knicks. My thoughts on the Knicks are the Knicks seem like they're sort of at a certain level. They can beat the bad teams and. Last night they played Minnesota, who's a good team this year. Yeah, they played good. Boston the other night. I don't know. I don't see them rising to the level at, with the same cast they have now. Yeah, the Knicks are eight and six. I mean, honestly, it's like the Knicks have started seasons pretty poorly. So it's like, yeah, I don't. They've been, they've been okay. Yeah, they've they've honestly been fine. I mean, Minnesota, man, Anthony Edwards is oh, like on another is, level. So my prediction, my prediction is. Minnesota wins the in-season tournament. How about that? Really? Yeah. Yes. I think I think Minnesota is like the new hot is going to be the new hot team. They already I think. are. Yeah. And Edwards is just this guy who gets he's like he's kind of just like that prototypical shooting guard. And he's 22 years old. I mean, it's like the guy's been in the league four years. It's like crazy. Yeah. But 
the Knicks are kind of just up and down. I mean, that's kind of how I'd No, I think they'll be – look, I think they'll be more up than down because there's just a lot of bad teams and a lot yeah. of mediocre teams. So so here now for your viewing schedule. So you have Jets at three on Friday. You have Knicks against Miami, the in-season tournament, at 7.30 Friday. So it's a nice little segue there. Ohio State-Michigan, 12 noon on, on – um, Saturday and then um, so the my, Knicks in Miami is Friday, twelve noon Saturday, and then Phoenix is coming in to play the Knicks on Sunday night at six. So it's a nice little weekend of of sports here. So um, look, we'll keep an eye on the Knicks. We'll talk more about them. The last thing I'll bring up, and and Matt, I'll get your thoughts on this. The Mets hired a new manager. I don't know much about him. I need to do more work on him. He seems like a very nice man. Um, I can't get a handle on the new GM. All he seems to do is smile and laugh all the time. Yeah. So, um, you know, the question is the Mets is going to be, what do they do? How do they shape the team? They already cut Daniel Vogel back, which is addition by subtraction, which is good. They're not going to sign Aaron Nola because he re-signed with the Phillies. We'll see what they're doing. The Mets seem to have all these good farm system types, you know, We'll see with the the new manager. We need to do more work. Any thoughts on the Mets, Matt? Not really many. I mean, they hired the Yankees bench coach, so that's yeah something. I mean, new GM, so we'll you know wait first and see. time manager. We'll see. Everyone seems to like um the, the new GM seems to laugh and smile a lot. Other than that, I don't you know he built decent teams in Milwaukee, so um but not championship teams, but decent teams, and they were pretty solid and have always. Seems like he knows what he's doing. It can't be any worse than what they did this year. So, you know, we're hoping. So, Jets, Knicks this weekend. Um, uh, I want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. And, Matt, um, I know you and I will be together, and I hope everyone's together. And we really appreciate uh, all the listeners and all the little texts and messages we get and people uh, giving us feedback. And it's it's a great time uh for everyone, when we have all of this sports with all the crazy stuff in the world, we have some of these things as a diversion that hopefully uh, makes things better. And hopefully maybe the Jets turn their season. Matt, any final words? No. Well said, Dad. All right. Well, listen, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving, and we will talk again soon. And we'll yep. see you after the holidays. Thank you. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.